Welcome to the NC Chambers podcast, The Business Playbook. In each episode, we provide business professionals clear, proven strategies for winning at work and moving their organizations forward, all within the time it takes to finish a cup of coffee. I am Emmy Boya, and I'm happy to introduce my guest today, Gary Salamito, President and CEO of the NC Chamber. We're going to talk about North Carolina's recent wins in economic competitiveness and business climate. Hey, Gary, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Oh, hi, Amy. It's always good to see you. So North Carolina has been in the news quite a bit this month. You know, sometimes being in the news can be a good thing. Sometimes it can be a not so good thing. But I think this month in particular, it's been a really good thing for North Carolina. Uh, We've been named number one in CNBC's America's Top States for Business report. And we also took the top spot for best business climate in business facilities, 18th annual rankings report. So Gary, as the CEO of the NC Chamber, what was your reaction to, to this news? Oh, Emmy, it's incredibly exciting. I mean, it's like winning a national championship. It's like winning a Super Bowl. It's like winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, you build a team for years and years and you, and you work hard with a lot of people for years and years. And none of, no championship, no number one ranking happens by accident. It happens because you had a plan and you knew where you were and you knew you wanted to be number one. And our state put together a plan and our chamber put together a plan back in uh, 2012 uh, that said, if not the business community leading this, then who's going to do it? Yeah. So Vision 2030 led us here. It was a plan. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of collaborations. It was a lot of consensus building and a lot of really courageous business people that just wanted their state to be the best place to live, work and raise the family. And we got the, you know, the highest accolade we can get in the last couple of weeks. And it's exciting. And there's so much more we can do. It is exciting. And I think a lot of people are latching onto this news for good reason, but it's also important to note that, you know, it's not just a 2022 thing. Like you mentioned, this has really been years in the making. Um, Forbes has ranked us as the best state for business three years in a row now. Um, and we've also received the top state business climate ranking from Site Selection Magazine in 2021. So lots of good stuff has been, you know, yeah. in the news for, for a few years now. And I guess my question for you to start us out today is, how does this happen? So how does a state become the top state for business? Because we know it's not just about incentives to get companies to come here. That's 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 not the formula. What do you think comprises this winning business climate formula for North Carolina? Yeah, you know, it's it's a number of things working together. I think oftentimes you look at it as what's the one thing that made the difference? What the business community knows is that no single thing makes a difference, right? right? So we we have three pillars that we operate on that our Vision 2030 plan was based on. Education and talent supply. If you don't have the talent and the education system in place to deliver the workers that are needed today and tomorrow, then you're not going to win. And you also have to have a competitive tax climate. You have to have a competitive business climate, the tax climate, the civil liability climate, your legal system, uh, also your healthcare systems. You got to have that be competitive and you got to make strategic investments in infrastructure, road, rails, ports, water, sewer, broadband, uh, computer hardware infrastructure. And oftentimes people say, okay, did you do that sequentially? He goes, no, you got to do them all at the same time. 
because they're all interrelated. Right. And you got to have the courage to say, we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep going. And that one year is a victory, not a good enough, because you know what? We're not top five in, in, in the country in all of these measurements. So you have to understand that all those things work together and that you may have a one year plan, but it's based on a much longer plan. Right. And uh, that you have to make sure that you stay committed to it and that you're in for the long haul. One of the interesting parts about well, where we are is, you know, regardless of who's in the governor's mansion and regardless of who's in the General Assembly, the business community's plan stays the same to grow jobs so our communities can be healthy. It's the same plan. Uh, and I think that consistency, that know-how about how to create a job and how a healthy community is based upon private sector job growth, that comes from one place. We have great, great uh, partners in, with our public officials, our elected officials. But at the end of the day, the business community had to say what needed to happen and had to make sure that it did happen. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's break. I, I heard you say a few things here that I want to break down a little bit further. The first being the role of you know education and talent supply. So can you break that down a little bit, talk a little bit more about why that matters when it comes to making us competitive and maybe more specifically, you know, what the NC Chamber is doing on this front to make sure that North Carolina is competitive in this education and talent supply area? Yeah, I mean, critically important. Uh, the CEO I worked for before I came to Glaxo says you can get everything else right. Uh, but if you don't have the education and talent and workforce supply systems lined up to deliver talented people for the jobs of today and equally importantly, predictably for the jobs of tomorrow, then you're not yeah. going to be competitive. Yeah. And so the NC Chamber is always focused in on talent supply, predictable, transparent. Uh, we led the coalition for higher standards, HIRE standards, uh, back in 2012-13 to make sure that in science and in math and English, that we had the highest academic standards and that they were our standards. They were right. transparently developed in cooperation with the education community and the teachers and that parents knew exactly what they were. And, you know, that caused some transition. And, and you know, it's always change is always hard. But having high standards is the right thing to do for our young people. And it's the right way to make sure that they can have a good job when they're done with post-secondary, they're done with university, they're done with community college. And, and it's worked. And, uh, you know, we need more people. Uh, every state does. We're in an incredible competition for talent. Uh, but I like where we sit. And so uh, being there, you know, advocating for getting our teacher paid to be above the national average, critically important. You always have to make sure that our teachers are paid as well as we can pay them for what they do. It's an, an incredible work that they do. It's critically important. Right. Make sure that the resources are there. So our policies make sure that the resources are there for the educational community to make the investments they have to, to help our young people and help our adult learners get retrained. Uh, the rate and pace of innovation is changing jobs all the time. So education, talent supply, workforce systems have to be nimble. And so the NC Chamber has been working to advance those. We established our Institute for Workforce Competitiveness yeah. and our foundation to do just that, to talk about what's working and how do we take that what's working in our communities and make it more adaptable across our state. So we're entirely committed. It's the number one pillar in our plan for a reason. It's the first pillar because it's the key. It's the key to healthy communities. Absolutely. As And this former teacher is absolutely in agreement with you on all that. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's one bucket. We talked about education and talent supply. Let's. You also mentioned competitive business climate and tax climate and tax reform, that sort of thing. Can you talk about specifically what has been happening in North Carolina on that front to make us and keep us competitive? 
Yeah, uh, what the competitive business climate is the what goes into the cost of a job. So it's your tax climate, your civil liability climate, workers comp, unemployment insurance, uh, healthcare. Back in 2010, we weren't doing very well in any of those. Right. We weren't competitive. We were 44th in the country in our tax climate. We're now 11th. Uh, that's how that's you a jump. Yeah. <laughs> when you move, uh, we had a, a, a really broken, broken unemployment insurance system, which we owed the federal government incredible debt. Uh, we balanced that out. And now companies are, are not paying taxes on taxes to fund the unemployment debt. I actually have a surplus. So when recessions hit, the money is there for people right. who have no fault and lost their jobs. Right. It's a good, balanced system. Our workers' comp is good and balanced system. But we went from 37th uh, to as high as 15th in our legal climate, predictable, transparent legal process climate. So when you look at that, that competitive business climate, it's the cost of a job. And when and it's not about an extreme and it's not about zero taxes. It's about what's competitive. Right. Businesses know that they have to contribute. It's just are they doing it in a, in a competitive way? Is it fair? Is it balanced? Is it a great regulatory environment that they can work through? Uh, they know what the rules are. And between 2010 and 2022, we went from some of the lowest quartile in a country on all of those measurements to top 10 in almost every one. And uh, and that doesn't that's a lot of hard work year after year in the in the General Assembly, a lot of partnerships with our elected officials and our policymakers, a lot of collaborations with aligned business organizations. And uh, it, it's just been it's great to see the fruits of our labors because we uh, worked really hard and. Since I've been with the chamber, it's been it's been a great journey. You also mentioned infrastructure, and I know this year in particular has been a really big one um, when it comes to the transportation and infrastructure front. So talk a little bit about that, why it's important to keeping us competitive, but also what what gains have been made there, particularly this year in, in the transpo and infrastructure bucket. Yeah, I mean, critically important. It's the it's the one that uh, requires a lot of investment, but doesn't get talked about near enough. I mean, because in 2010, uh, we we were aware that we had to really diversify how the money came in to invest in road and rails and keep our roads safe, right, and keep them repaired and build the roads for this population that's coming here. It's a huge population that's been coming to North Carolina. You yep. can't wait to build the infrastructure when they're here. You got to do it before. That's right. <laughs> so in about 2013, we did a study that said, OK, if we have to diversify our revenue sources and how we pay for all this, what does that look like? So our foundation did a study, came up with 16 different ways that we need to diversify because as our cars got more fuel efficient, we're paying less gas tax. And the fuel efficiency standards are up for good reasons. Everybody wants a cleaner environment uh, with that. But with that came less revenues in order to right. keep our bridges safe and repaired and build our roads and uh, so we had to diversify. So back in 2015, uh, North Carolina Can't Afford to Wait was formed, a coalition formed by the chamber, and we diversified our revenue sources. And over 10 years, that was a $10 billion change. But we didn't stop there because people are still coming, and we still need to make investments in, in those key road, rails, ports, water, and yeah. sewer. And in, in tw and I guess 2017, we did it again. North Carolina Can't Afford to Stop. So how are we going to continue to diversify? And we, there was a transfer that went from one of the funds into the general fund. We stopped that. It stayed in transportation. This year, again, major policy that said for the transportation-related purchases that are made, the sales taxes on those, that percentage should stay in transportation to maintain and build our roads. Fundamental policy, all three of those pieces were things that hadn't happened in generations. 
to right. diversify our right. revenue sources for that. And that that's another reason that North Carolina is number one, because we continue to not wait for the crisis. We continue to lead and make hard choices and investments planning for the future. You know, next, next up, we got to look at water. We got to look at sewer. We got to talk about our non-urban areas can get connected to our urban areas with broadband and with water and sewer. And, you know, we're building a lot of manufacturing in our non-urban areas. So how are we going to connect them to all those places? Now's the time for that investment. So we're going to, we're going to continue to push hard for those important, courageous investments. Just as an aside, for those of you listening, I want to give kudos to our government affairs team and Mark Coggins, who was a huge player in leading our Destination uh, 2030 coalition, which you know was a huge force in bringing bringing forth this change for for transportation funding. So, kudos to him and his team, and, and the more than 100 businesses across our state that came together to be a part of that coalition. So, another question for you. We get the, this great news about these top rankings and how competitive North Carolina is. Why are the rankings important? Why is any of this important? Well, you know, it, it, it's important because, A, we all want to be the best, right? And we want our state to, to, to continue to thrive. You know, I want my children to to want to grow up in a state that's thriving, given the opportunity, my children and grandchildren, I want them yeah. to benefit from a great place to live and work. And I want to be close to me, you know, <laughs> in, in so I have a vested interest in our state being a place that uh, they can they can have a great life. And uh, the rankings are important because they push us to be better and they push us to never give up. And they tell us where we're doing well and where we're not. I mean, the number one ranking doesn't mean you were number one in everything. It just means right. you're really high in a lot of things. And uh, there's always room for improvement. So the rankings are a way to measure ourselves against our progress, against our plan. How are we doing? And, you know, in the business community, you have plans and you measure against the results. And it's about the results sure. at the end of the day. I was just going to follow that up with, uh, you know, another question. So you, you've made it clear it's important and why. So what do you think as you know, CEO of our state chamber, what does North Carolina need to do to make sure that we stay on top. What's important? Yeah, you know, I, I read I read a book by James Carr that uh, one of my uh, good friends gave to me. It's called Legacy, mm. and it's about the All Blacks Australian Rules football team. One of the things in there particularly struck me is that to not be complacent and to build a legacy to stay on top, you have to change your game when you're on top of your game. Well, we're number one in the country. We are on top of our game. Uh, we got a great economic development group with EDPNC. We've got a really collaborative nature. The chamber itself it has 21 different industry segments that are part of our membership. And our board is incredibly diverse on every dimension. Right. So to stay on top, we need to have hard discussions. We need to tackle the hard issues. We need to collaborate. We need to build consensus. Uh, and then we need to go out and be fearless advocates for jobs in North Carolina. And, uh, you know, winning once is okay, Emmy, but... Uh, repeats build legacies, repeats build a sense of uh, they're for real and I can count on them and we can build here today and tomorrow. So uh, never being satisfied, uh, appreciating the victory, but knowing that the, the repeat, uh, 2023 and the repeat, uh, states are going to have to go a long way to beat us because we're, we're on for the repeat. I love it. I love the confidence there. I have a personal question for you now, and it's, it's what I want to wrap up with today. For, for our audience listening, the NC Chamber every year 
gives annual awards to folks who have just made a really huge impact on our state and have exemplified really distinguished citizenship here in North Carolina. And one thing that I always notice about these award recipients when they're on stage and they're accepting their award, they talk about how much they love North Carolina and they go into the reasons why. And I know that you were not born and raised here, Barry, but what is it that you love about North Carolina? What makes us so special? Well, that's a great question. Well, uh, one is we have incredible natural geography and beauty that's so diversified that we can that we can see and we can live in, and it's it's an incredible place. And you know, being from New York, it's warm, so I don't. I don't <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being really honest with you, uh, I, I love the state motto to be rather than to seem. Yes. Uh, and the way the way that fills up the collaborative nature of the state. Nothing's impossible here. Such cool people that uh, don't look at a problem. They, they never say why we can't. They always say, how do we do it? Right. What do we need to bring together? And they're committed for the long term for the betterment of each citizen so the culture is really really great it's and it's it's a place that my kids were born and they love it here and then for all those reasons because they have opportunity here they have the opportunity to enjoy different parts of things uh, different parts of the state and they believe that they can do anything mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen by accident uh, it happens because of a, a culture and the people and uh and the positive vibes you get all through uh, of North Carolina. We got a lot of work to do in a lot of areas, but that's what makes it exciting is that we not only do we have a lot of work to do, but we know we can get it done. We know we can achieve great things. So yeah, to be rather than to seem and to stay warm. Thank you so much, Gary. You've really done a great job diving into this formula that has made North Carolina top for business um, consistently over the years and appreciate the work you're doing to head the chamber and make sure that we stay collaborative with all the players in this and our stakeholders to keep us competitive in the years ahead so that our babies and, and our grandbabies choose to stay close by too. I think that's really important. So thank you for your time today, Gary. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Emmy. And just know, everybody, we're going to be number one again in 2023. So we're we're committed to it. And uh, thank you, Emmy, you know, being part of a team that believes in what we do and is so critical. Thank you for doing this today and for everything you do. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for tuning in to this month's edition of the Business Playbook. At the NC Chamber, our mission is to research, develop, advocate, and communicate for solutions and policies that produce a nationally competitive business climate in North Carolina. For more information on how the NC Chamber can advocate for your business, visit ncchamber.com.